Welcome to this week's episode of It's All Fun and Games, the official GameSo podcast. I'm your host, Dan, head writer at GameSo, and this week, and presumably every other week, I will be joined by my best friend, Ross. Hi, that's me. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. So, Ross, we have uh, a number of things to, to tackle this week. What do we got? We have uh, typical what have you been playing, which mm-hmm. this week will tie very closely into gaming news. Um, then we've got the whole E3, everything canceled, COVID as kind of our big topic to discuss. Okay. Uh, we'll talk esports news, which, spoiler. Everything's canceled. Exactly. And then we'll talk about what's next, which none of us know because... Probably canceled. Exactly. So um, let's just kick it right off. What have you been playing? I've been playing Call of Duty Warzone, Modern Warfare 2019. So let's go back like two weeks from, from like today, right? So Call of Duty Warzone, not announced yet. It got leaked on Reddit. Activision, obviously very upset. They start harassing Reddit, trying to get this dude's information. Subpoenas, copyright takedowns, all that stuff. Now, two weeks from now, everything's great. Flowers, come play Warzone. It's great. Free to play. Nevertheless, it's still fun. It's great. I'm having a blast. Wish you would play with us. Well, hey, this is your opportunity. Pitch me on the game. What's it all about? All right, well, you play Battle Royales. You struggled a little bit with Apex. A lot of bit. Struggled. Much bit. It, it was rough. But um, this is the most fun I've had playing a Battle Royale game. There's two modes. You get your standard Battle Royale, and then you have what me and Tom and Josh have been playing, which is Plunder. The... The less popular game mode, but for my money, probably more fun. You know, I'm, I'm hearing that from a lot of folks is that they prefer plunder over kind of the more traditional BR mode. Yeah, but I'll I'll go into the BR mode first. Um, they've made quite a few improvements on the genre as a whole. Probably the most important one is called the Gulag. So you know what a Gulag is, right? Yeah, it's a Russian prison. Um, there's a very popular mission in the series, in the Call of Duty series, where you go and rescue, I think, Major Price or some important Call of Duty guy from a gulag. I think that's probably why they called it that. But basically, you know when you die in Apex and... All the time. All the time. Um, and you got to wait for your friends to go res you or whatever. And they don't die because they're good. Because I'm good. But um, <laughs> But now you can fight for your own survival. So what happens is when you die, you get dragged to the gulag. And you get thrown up into the rafters of like this like shower area or whatever. And let's say there's like 10 people or whatever waiting because they all died at the same time because they all dropped on the same area like a bunch of monkeys. Um, so you have to watch two people duel it out 1v1 with a random assortment of guns and grenades or whatever. And if you win, you get dropped back in. Free to go. If you lose, you're kind of stuck waiting for your team to revive you like as, as it normally is. So you go into the gulag, you're sitting in the rafters watching people fight, and it says, like, oh, you got two or three fights left until it's your turn. So in that time, you can sit there, you can watch, you can throw rocks at the people that are playing, you can punch the dudes that are next to you, whatever, you can just sit there. But it's fun to watch people fight for their lives. This is some dark Fight human. for the right to go back <laughs> and drop and inevitably die again shortly after. That's, that's excellent, and all, all I can think of is... Me, myself, being bad at games, going there and just being like, oh, they get to die twice in this yep. game. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, 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 it happens a lot. You go, you're like, okay, I'm in the gulag. I'm ready. I'm going to fight. Three, two, one. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, pfft. I'm dead. And your, your friends that are inevitably 
sitting there looting everything in the actual game or watching they get to see your health bar and it says like Dan is in the gulag and then all of a sudden your icon just turns into a skull and it's like Dan lost in the gulag oh and they're all sad yeah, but, but talking shit because they know the best part is that it's like Dan lost in the gulag pay $4,500 to revive your friend <laughs> oh no and then you get to find out what you're really worth <laughs> yes so getting into that now there's um there's a money system sort of it's it's new to battle royale so basically when you're looting stuff and just kind of like scattered across the map and in buildings and stuff like that there's money so you have this new mechanic where you're kind of stacking money to spend it at like buy stations uh fortnite kind of dabbled in this before with the vending machines where you paid with your um the materials that you gathered mm-hmm. so you know you had like the wood the metal whatever there were these vending machines that were like oh well if you give us 300 wood we'll give you like a green shotgun or whatever and that's kind of the extent that this has been implemented so far so this is completely new because now instead of using your research your resources there's an actual money value separate of literally everything that just goes into this mechanic so like i said you can spend 4500 to revive your friend i think think it's 45 at least but you can spend money to revive your friend you can get armor packs to you know make sure you don't die as easy as, as you did before and the cool probably the cool thing that i like from this is you can also buy your own weapon loadout so like if you've been playing multiplayer you have your tricked out mp5 or whatever with all the attachments and stuff you can bring that into warzone okay so there's an incentive to play multiplayer there's an incentive to keep leveling your guns because you're not just stuck with whatever you pick up so let's say you've been grinding since day one you have been multiplayer dan from the the phase clan or whatever you know you you level 155 you got the golden ak that's not me but yeah i I see where you're going it is you (laughs) if you imagine it so you have enough money you go to this buy station you pick up your gun and you you frag out because you know that's your gun on top of that you know you got the cash system you get your loadout drops but there's also now like mini missions called contracts so scattered across the map there's these little missions that you can pick up and it'll be like oh go kill this guy get extra money or go secure this area or go pick up these crates so it's no longer just oh stay out of the circle oh don't die now they're adding all these other mechanics to it and it's just it adds new layers to the game to where you can i don't want to say play it multiple ways but you can go about surviving multiple different ways in terms of how you get money because you're not just stuck like oh if i don't loot stuff i'm screwed or oh if i don't find like this purple shotgun i'm not going to win or if i don't have armor if i don't have like blue or gold armor i'm not going to win so now it's just like oh i'm looting stuff i'm still getting money i like i just have to go buy it mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's interesting because there will always be an optimal path to victory yeah but if you can have kind of different playstyles that follow similar pathing mm-hmm. then it can be more fun or if you're just bad then you might not necessarily feel bad because you're at least oh i'm leading in loot or whatever the yeah. case may be like if, if you can't like if you're not good at you know gunfighting people you might go find a contract that's like okay well go pick up these three chests and in the three chests you're gonna get even more money and even more weapons and stuff like that so even even without you know fighting people you're still gonna be stacked you're still gonna have money to go buy your loadouts go revive your friends when they inevitably die and lose in the gulag dan always <laughs> but no and then on top of that, there's also a separate mode called Plunder Mode. And that's what, like I said, that's what we've been playing the most. 
So unlike a Battle Royale game, you have infinite respawns. So instead, it replaces that now with you're basically trying to stack a million dollars as fast as you can. Okay. So again, you get money by looting, doing contracts, killing people. Um, but when you die, you lose money. So there's there's constant, like, I'm trying to collect money. I'm trying to win gunfights. I'm trying to avoid getting into a large amount of gunfights because I might lose my money. Um, so like I said, you die, you lose money. But similar to the division, like having the dark zones, there's these points scattered across the map where you can call on a helicopter. It lets everyone know that you called in the helicopter, so obviously they're all going to come. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of deposit your money like a money bag, and it flies off or whatever. And once you deposit the money, it's safe, and you no longer lose it when you die. So there's this game of high-risk, high-reward where I can ignore those high-contentious areas and just keep my money, and I might lose it if I get into a gunfight, but you know I'm not putting myself into danger by going to these crazy areas. Or you're just sort of what Tom and I like to do. We call it class warfare. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> where we, uh, we either either we don't have money or we upload all of our money to the, the helicopter. So then we're kind of just all bets are off. We don't, we don't lose anything when we die. Because in plunder mode, instead of looting items, you get to start with like your loadout that I was talking about before. Okay. So like you make a loadout or whatever, and that's just what you drop with as opposed to normal battle royale games where you get like your hands and that's it. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully though, in this game, they give you a pistol. Thank God they at least give you a pistol when you drop. <laughs> I am so tired of trying to Superman punch a guy or just trying to run away from the dude who landed on the shotgun point two seconds before me. I got something to fight now. Please make that industry standard. Please, for the love of God, make that industry standard. I'm, I'm sure they will. I think that's... I love it. It was always a problem for me, too, is like on that point specifically you jump into a game you either get into a contentious area where everyone's going for the same chests or there's nothing and now people have gone through two three four chests by the time you get your first you know pea shooter and it's just you have you have no chance and the game's not fun if you can at least like you said fight from the get-go um it it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable it's rough it's like i've gone through three buildings i can throw this med pack at a guy maybe or maybe i can bop him over the head with my magazine that i picked up for the gun i don't have yeah but no it's rough um yeah plunder mode it's a lot of really cool improvements. I like it a lot. And my favorite thing about the mode is that you don't have to be number one to feel like you won. There's a lot of games where you're just like, okay, the first 10 minutes we were just, we were getting destroyed. We were losing all of our money. And then we kind of brought it back because the games are like 30 minutes long. Mm -hmm. So you can just be like, okay, well we're going to go to this corner of the map. We're going to just do contracts. We're going to stack that bread as the kids call it. (laughs) And we're just going to survive. And then by the end of the game, oh, third place. Wow, we man, we really pulled that together. And, like, it feels good. And I hate to sound like it's kind of like the everyone gets an orange slice and a trophy sort of feeling, but I don't know. It just it just feels good. I like it. Yeah, I, I think when you have a game that rewards you for just, you know, I say this all the time, just keep playing the game, right? Yeah. Like, especially in competitive games, if you just keep playing the game, eventually you'll get a decent outcome if you get rewarded within that 30 minute time frame for just keep playing the game instead of giving up, um, that, that can be a really addictive kind of hook for it. So are you going to play? We'll talk about it. That's not a no. <laughs> it's not a no, but it's not a yes. So yeah, I mean, it, it looks really interesting. I know a lot of other people playing it. Um, what I've been playing in turn is something way different. Okay. So I've been playing a game called Wonderling. What is it? It's a, uh, a platformer. 
and it is an interesting platformer. Um, what console is it on? Or is it's it's PC? it's PC, okay. and I believe it's on Switch as well. But I got the key on PC. I'm actually doing a, a formal review for it. I'm about two worlds in. The concept is the reverse of Mario. So you're effectively the bad guys chasing the hero through a platforming <laughs> game, and and the whole game starts off with the main good guy is this carrot dude who's trying to save princess p and he comes through and he wrecks the land and the witch who owns the land comes back and she's like you know what i'm going to raise one of my underlings and make him my hero so you basically become uh, a goomba right but you're not getting stepped on no you get stomped she brings you back to life and she gives you the jump skill so you start the game you're this video game mario underling who is given jump and then you start to platform. But now imagine if you look at how Goombas move, they walk in one direction, hit a wall, go the other direction. Yep. That's your movement. All you have is a jump button to start this game. So you're platforming through these levels. You have to navigate that component. And then if you don't collect the eggs, which are basically their coins, mm-hmm. fast enough, you will die out. So it's not like you can just bounce back and forth. I got through the end of World 1. She turns you into a boss to fight the carrot. The carrot has three lives, so effectively, I believe you'll fight him three times. And then you get a new skill. So now I have a turbo boost. So now I have to turbo boost and jump, but I'm still using the back and forth mechanic. And the whole game's pixel art, and it's funny, and they're very clearly making fun of Mario. And the whole thing is a PR stunt. There's like this cow with a camera on her head, and she's always filming these interactions, and she's following you, this underling while you try to go take down the hero to save the kingdom. Kind of like Mario, how they had the cloud dude with the camera. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's almost like <laughs> everything is a joke based off of Mario. Um, and the game's just funny and it plays well and it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm through two worlds. It is getting more challenging. Platformers aren't my best thing. They're giving you more options than just jump. Yeah, and, and now they're... The funny thing about them adding more options than just jump is on a keyboard and mouse, it was pretty simple. Jump was space. Okay. So I just needed that. Now boost is Z in space. Oh. And I'm like, man, if they start adding more features, I'm going to need to plug in a controller. Yeah. And the game even kicks off and says, hey, we recommend a controller. Well, but That's your uh, fault. It is my fault. I should read better. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've been enjoying it a lot. And then just other kind of games. Nothing as, as big and juicy no, as, as Call okay. of Duty. That's why video games are great, man. But, like? hey, that brings us beautifully into other news. So, obviously, Call of Duty's drop was huge, right? Mm-hmm. And you happen to be playing it, so we kind of got a, a huge news topic. But um, you mentioned streaming. And, oh. And, oh, no. Are we talking about this already? Yeah, we're, we're, we're kicking it off right away. So, you, br- you brought up the streaming. We do, we do streams every week. You, myself, um, friend Tom and Josh different variations thereof and so i've been more into i guess stream culture did you see the guy get drunk and, and shoot the gun off on stream yes i did thoughts okay so this is like the most like 2020 thing is guy guy gets banned from twitch for accidentally shooting his gun at like his g fuel container <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's true that is the most 2020 streamer thing um, I don't know. Like, I didn't look too much into it until you wanted to add it to like a, a like a topic to this. Because initially, I saw it and I'm just like, oh, Twitch is added again. There they go. Because I mean, this streamers do like wild stuff. Whether it's throwing their cat or Doctor Disrespect bringing his camera into the bathroom at I don't, I don't know, was it like TwitchCon or something? Yeah, yeah it was TwitchCon. He bringing his live stream into the men's bathroom, and it's like, man, you very 
weird stuff that some of these people do. Um, so I looked, I looked into this guy a little bit and it's funny cause in his apology video, he's like, man, I, I was clearly intoxicated and it's funny because he's like, I'm clearly intoxicated. And then if you go back and look at the video, there's like a singular Coors Light can like, on his <laughs> mouse pad. Like, man, you really went hard on those Coors Light. Like, it happens. It was rough. And he's got like his shoe on there. So my my first thought was, did he like drink it out of his shoe? Like, is that why the shoe oh, was on his mouse pad? Next to his Coors Light can. Doing a shoey. It must have been. Yeah, it's shoey. That's what it's called. No, but I mean, people are going to continuously do wild stuff. And, you know, he's banned from Twitch and his, his team sore gaming dropped him or whatever. Um, I don't want to say his name cause I don't want to encourage sociopathic behavior on people. No, that's good. And, and you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll say one quick bit on it and then kind of just brush over some other things that happened related to streamers. But, you know, he also defended saying that he felt that he had, he had cleared the firearm and, you know, really there's a few key components to being a responsible firearm owner. Um, one of them is you never handle one while intoxicated. And, and another one of them is, uh, there's a basically a three-step process to make sure it's cleared. And he did half of one. So, um, for me, it was a completely irresponsible thing to even play with the gun in that way. Um, never mind everything else that was around it. And frankly, I think he deserved what he got, but in other news, um, we also had a Twitch streamer banned for showing nudity on his stream around the same time. And another, uh, person banned or dropped by their team for using a racial slur. So, um, like you said, I think people so are just Tuesday. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. So I think you're just going to keep seeing people do dumb shit on, um, part of the language, dumb stuff on stream. And, uh, but that, that story specifically with the gentleman popping off the gun, uh, was a real big one last week. So. This was in more positive gaming news, I guess, in some way. Uh, did you see the lead writer for Overwatch? How is Left that positive? Blizzard? Well, I mean, it depends how you feel. I think it's more positive than someone potentially shooting their neighbor. Someone leaving their job. Well, I, may, maybe they moved on to something else. I don't know. He did not. Oh. Quite yet. Oh, boy. Ross has the scoop. I don't have the scoop, but, I mean, he, he just left. Yeah, and I think I think it's big for them, too, because he'd been there for, what, 20 years? 20 years. Ish, and he was a writer on more than just Overwatch. I know... He did a lot of the lore and stuff that people loved on that, but he was on Diablo. He yeah. was on World of Warcraft. I mean, he was a, a, a key contributor to um, to what Blizzard did, right? So Yeah, so he's very – so the community's like, mixed on him, kind of. Um, the biggest thing people are mad about you, – you know the character D.Va? Yes. So, like, his when – you, when you say this guy's name, Michael Chib, the first thing that people think of is – the diva retcon where mm -hmm. when overwatch first came out they're in the the press conference at blizzcon or whatever I, I forget exactly where it was but he said yeah this is diva she's like a pro starcraft player and eventually they went back and he kind of retconned all of it and was like yeah she's not really a starcraft player she's actually we didn't like the fact that she was playing a strategy game and it didn't really fit her lore of being like a mech fighter and it's like why, why are we thinking about this yeah. So they, they went back and they're like, yeah, so instead of being a StarCraft pro, she's playing this game called The Sky is Yours. And that, that was very deep in it. It impacted the lore so much. Wow. I feel so much better now. Wow. But yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't like him. The big complaint is that, you know, Overwatch didn't really – it was sort of – it was a, almost like a second thought was the story. It was like, mm -hmm. okay, here's Overwatch. Here's this game that – initially was supposed to be an mmo so that's probably why he was on staff writing all this lore and all yeah. this story in the first place and then they went back and they're like oh you know what we're gonna make a pvp shooter instead and 
floor doesn't really matter. Yeah. And it was really interesting too, because like Josh, our friend loves like the lore tidbits that they put into it, but I sure don't. It's just for me with a hero shooter, you know, pick up paladins. I don't, know anything about the paladin's lore but i, I was, yeah i just i just shoot shoot stuff who does the most damage that's what i care yeah. about is that in the lore it might be depends <laughs> we gotta look into it now so yeah i think it, it was really interesting i know it hit some people and like you said it was a little contentious um speaking of contentious topics well, before we get so the thing a lot of people are worried about is because obviously we have overwatch 2 coming at some point whether it's oh, the end of this okay. year I see where that's going. so yeah everyone's like oh what does this mean for overwatch 2 is blizzard going down but i think I feel like all the story is already written for this at this point. Yeah, at this point in a game like that, it's going to be, I would assume, much more technical-based yeah, work to be done. I think you just got to out the game. Because yeah. I mean, he's not going to bail. Like, I hope hope he's not going to bail midway through the writing. Be like, figure it out, man. Rest of it's fan fiction. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's 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 actually really interesting. You would hope most things are storyboarded in, in the at least the core concepts are, are right if you're like building the game yeah you can't just start willy-nilly yeah you don't want to like three years three years in and be like oh yeah by the way this story element like these elves are on level eight are supposed to be red because of like in the lore they they bathe in the blood so you gotta get rid of the blue shader on them yeah i know you worked really hard for three months to get that blue in there but we can't we can't have it yeah super custom you did some physics it's beautiful um yeah well it'll be interesting we'll, we'll see what happens and i'm sure the uh, message boards will continue to uh ride either direction for it <laughs> so speaking of message boards and <laughs> that can't that's not that's not a good intro speaking of you no, already know no. it's gonna be awful it's gonna be the worst it's gonna be awful okay. horizon zero dawn comes to pc and i am super excited because i think it's a fantastic game but this new story is not on our list because a fantastic game is coming to more people this new story is coming to our list because the massive outcry of people who believe that it should not be coming to any other console besides ps4 um it is kind of i don't get it it's so loud and i just i wanted to take two seconds really and i know you're probably on the same page as me if there's a really good game that more people can play and you can share in the lore and story of it and the gameplay and all the things you love about it why is that bad <sighs> there's like this weird tribalism that goes on with like owning a console and I mean, I'll I'll be honest. Like when I first started seeing Final Fantasy games getting put on like Xbox One, yeah, I rolled my eyes a little bit. But at the same time, I'm not going to be like, "This is my sacred game." I was a Sony fanboy my whole life, and this is how you do me. You put <laughs> Lightning Returns on Xbox 360 as well. How dare you? You yeah. are never getting my money until you make another game. Yeah, it's it's I, and that's the th that's the funniest part is all these people that are complaining and and making a big stink about it. They can't wait for the next one. Yeah. And it, I just, I don't get it. So you know what's going to be really good is when this game comes on PC and the developer makes all this extra money that can get put into, I don't know, making your next game. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Not only are you growing a larger fan base who are going to clamor and want clamor for and want a new one, but you're injecting capital into a studio that needs money yeah. to make the thing that you want to buy. Like spoiler, game development is an expensive endeavor and if they do not gain returns on the initial investment of making the game you do not get more of them so it's it's just yeah. how it works oh, man that, that game is gonna look so good on pc i know i can't wait to crank it all the way up i have it on ps4 ultra wide too. monitor support <laughs> yeah people cranking up with their ray tracing 
the the dual SLI twenty eighties or whatever. I, I'm not a big hardware guy, but I mean, whatever's out today. Put, put your eight thousand dollar rig to it. Oh, that game is gonna look amazing. Yeah, it'll be good. But will it be as good as the PS4 Pro and HDR? I don't know. <laughs> can only hope. <laughs> so um, another PlayStation news that I don't, th- I haven't seen personally, uh, and I'm, I know there's always negative information or reactions that come around these things, but I didn't really see a whole lot of negativity around this. But there was announced that there was going to be a Last of Us TV show. This is 95% not my wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, look. A, do not care about Last of Us. Ouch. B, do not care about TV. Wow. HBO. Uh, like I've never watched like a Breaking Bad. I've never watched like a Game of Thrones. Like I do not watch. Like if it is not sports, I do not watch on TV. So this is like I saw this and I'm just like, bro, I I don't know what to give you on this. Well, I'll I'll hit okay. it real quick. HBO, Last of Us. It's a great property. It's a great TV station. Whatever they are, media company, um, entertainment platform. Thank you. I'll take that. There you go. Um, yeah, I think it has all of the possibility in the world to be great, and it has all the world possibility in the world to be dog shit well do you know so, who produces it no i didn't okay the, see that. um the game producer himself neil Druckmann, i think is his name that's one person and then the other person that is like the co-producer or whatever is craig mazin from chernobyl i knew it was the person from chernobyl i mean look two totally different pieces of inf- like tv right yeah. chernobyl this we'll see i Again, HBO has the pedigree. When you see HBO is doing a property, you get excited. And they have money, which is more important. Well, yes. You, yeah, HBO, Netflix. Money fixes you see. most problems. Usually. So it'll be really interesting to see more about that. Um, again, I was really surprised. Usually there's a ton of negativity when a video game property comes to a TV show. I think all of the things you mentioned, the producers, the studio, yeah. the money, uh, help alleviate people's. I think, yeah, I think HBO, because they, they got a lot of um, credit for you know Game of Thrones and all that. Whatever, whatever else they're making that I, I don't know because I don't watch TV. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's better than, like, let's say, oh, Amazon picked up Last of Us or whatever. Yes. And it's like, oh, we're never going to see it because it's going to be on some random Amazon Prime thing that most of us have, but we don't really know, so we don't know how to get into it. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was interesting about this is that they're not doing anything with this show until Last of Us 2 is done. Well, that's sm- I think that's really smart. I think that trying to do some kind of intermediary story or um, even doing the evil evil thing of doing something that ties into the second game before it's out doesn't do them any justice. Well, I mean, like, they're not working on it at all. Like, the show. Like, they're not even thinking about it until the game is shipped. Interesting. So they're like, we're, we just want to... Because the, the guy who's, like, the main producer or whatever is, like, working on this show. So he's like, I'm going to put all my resources just into this game, and then I will think about the TV show. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. So, hey, hopefully it's good. That's all I, I... I know you won't watch it. I will. I like the first game. I'll, pl- I'll play the second one. So I'll hear about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> You'll hear if it's good or not. I'm not worried. Um, a piece of news that you care not a bit about. Um, oh, no. <laughs> a set of course, a competition, a competition, or however it is. It's an Italian oh, I didn't thing. Even, oh. Yeah, you didn't even write I didn't notes even on... I didn't write notes yeah. on... No, I did. I wrote... Okay, so when I'm reading the initial notes you gave me so I could like do my own research... I see ACC, and I'm like, okay, well, Atlantic Coast Conference, like the college <laughs> basketball league. Am I thinking, like, is, like, Assassin's Creed collection coming on console? Wait, no, it's always on call. What are you talking about? Uh, Animal Crossing? No, like, what? what's the third C? No, what's the second C? I literally didn't know what this was until I Googled ACC on console 
and I see like some big Italian name, and I'm like, oh god damn, Dan. <laughs> it's, it's always Dan. my eyes, and I'm just. I literally wrote in my notebook, dot dot dot, Dan, come on. Yeah. So the the reason this is on here is because while it might not be on um, a ton of folks' radar, if you play racing games on console, you've basically been stuck with Forza or Gran Turismo. Project and cars. There, and there's what's that? Project Cars. Project Cars. Uh, yeah, that's that's a fair point. You had Project Cars. You actually had a set of course of the first one. Um, the Formula One games, but the real core games that have owned the I guess sim or sim light market, right? The more realistic driving market have been Gran Turismo and Forza. Mm-hmm. Project Cars, like you mentioned, did it okay for themselves um, enough to make two. The n- thing about Assetto Corsa Competition, ACC, we're just going to call it from now on, okay, yeah. um, is that it has a very ravenous following on PC from the, the racing community. And there's a lot of people on console who play Gran Turismo and who play Forza and who play Project Cars who have been mad for a year that they don't have it because the physics are good. It looks beautiful. It plays great. And it's a, it's a real competitor to those other more established console games. Yeah. And if it, if it comes to the console in the way it is on PC right now, it's going to be, it's going to shake up kind of that market a little bit. So it's on there. It was big in, I guess, a niche segment of the market. I write a lot on sim racing. I have like multiple reviews sure, on yeah. equipment and stuff like that. So I put it in there. It's coming in June. I'm excited. Andrew can finally play a racing game with me. That's halfway decent yeah. um, because he won't play on PC. And uh, yeah, the folks are can folks we talk are about how greedy console players are. Like they want the PC games, but they don't want their games going to PC. Like what's up with that? It, well, yeah, I know, right? Like full circle. <laughs> yeah, like full, circle. <laughs> full circle. Everybody wants this, but yeah, it, it is what it is. So um, that's that's my little blurb. Get excited. I'm excited. And then I, I guess the only last thing. It's been a few weeks, but with everything being canceled, I threw it in here. <laughs> Because there's going to be no G, there was no GDC. There's no other um, Insomnia over in Europe that a bunch of the games so guys were going to and, and girls that got canceled. Everything's being canceled. Um, so before we go to the cancellation stuff, uh, was there anything at PAX? The last great event. Yeah. Before everything. Got exactly. Canceled. Was there, was there anything at PAX? We both went. Was there anything at PAX that you um, wanted to just talk about briefly? Well, I don't want to bore people with Animal Crossing. So Animal that, Crossing was good. Animal you Crossing was good. I. I <laughs> I couldn't get in the line because everyone was so excited for Animal Crossing. Uh, I got to look at it as I went down the escalator into the uh, exhibition <laughs> center, and that's about as far as I got with Animal Crossing. So the thing about these events, and especially because I, like, I only went one day. You went I went the whole weekend, weekend so yeah. I have to kind of budget my time with, do I really want to wait in line for four hours to play this demo that's going to be on Twitter next week? I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't even get in the line. Because you needed a ticket from beforehand to get into the line. You need a line before the line. And then on Monday, uh, everybody played and it. And then on Monday, the demo was up. And it was like, <laughs> what am I doing? But, um, no, so I think when it comes to that, your your time's better spent going towards, like, the indie booths and stuff like that and getting people's, like, index cards and index cards. They're, what am I thinking? Of? Business, business cards. cards. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, so it's more so just kind of getting exposed to a lot of cool stuff um i think this is kind of funny the um the game fall guys or mediatonic oh I, I, I saw it yeah i didn't get to play it so i think i don't want to call it a battle royale because that's <laughs> that's like heresy but um it, it, it kind of reminds me of like those those japanese game shows where they're they're throwing people up on lubed up stairs and making them slip around and stuff oh like that's that. the one where everybody's racing to the top right yeah, yeah, in yeah. a mass crowd yeah, yeah and there's like balls rolling down and stuff and 
I thought that was pretty fun. Obviously, you, you ha like I said, you have the big hitters. You have, you know, your Animal Crossings. You have, like, the EA and the Ubisoft booths that... And I don't remember who decided to go and not go because that was still, like, the early fingers of the, the virus and people leaving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's... It's it's packs. We're we're gonna talk about this a little bit more when we get into E three, but it's just everything's there. Yeah, and you know, I had a few games like you said. I found myself enjoying the smaller developers, right? Even some of the bigger small developers. My I had a media pass, and I get to actually like talk to and meet people and get behind closed doors demos of stuff in some instances. Even the way the bigger publishing houses and, and studios treat you as media versus how you are treated by the smaller guys <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. I, I won't name the publisher, but I went and they basically walked around. They were like, we got these games. There's a thing over there. Do you want to play anything? And that, that was basically it We're, versus a smaller publisher where they, they walk you through and they, they let you play with it um, and talk you through why they thought that way and what they played. So just a few things. I know we played Dunk Lords. Yeah, we played that game Dunk was Lords. hella fun. <laughs> that game was probably one of my most fun games uh, of the conference. Um, check out Dunk Lords. And then Liberated. I don't know if you saw Liberated yeah. at all. It's a really interesting, you play through like a black and white graphic novel, but it's not the I way you think. Yeah, so you basically, the story's in a graphic novel form, and then you actually fall into the panel itself and you play a level inside the panel and then it goes through the story i found my perfect game at pax what was it i know i didn't mention it but it's called trick shot it is a combination of quake oh and Tony Hawk. the hockey oh yes yes i, I was thinking the hockey game no, that tom loved no, but game, yes that game's dead to me. Yeah, yeah. When, when i found out that was on some like random apple platform that i've never heard of before i just i was like okay cool that, that's that's great but tom got a puck tom got a puck yes <laughs> but none of us are ever going to play the game because it's on some random apple platform i've never heard of before and it's funny because I don't even remember. It's like something Legends or – I honestly forget the name of the game. Like, forgive me. But they it had all these, like, image of likeness characters. It was like LeBron and, like, Wayne Gretzky. And they probably – Apple probably paid a bunch of money to get name, they, image, and likeness in the game. And I'm like, I don't even remember it. They, they did. I got I got the media email. Oh, and they yeah. were like, we, we are the first people to get cross NBA, you know, NFL, blah, blah, blah stuff and like fully licensed and so often off yeah. do you know the name of like this apple platform it's like apple play or whatever so it's like it's on mobile i think and probably like the weird like apple, apple tv box TV thing box thing it's bro just put it on a console yeah <laughs> like what are uh, you doing you know what not to divulge too much but from a development standpoint developing for apple products is way different because it's yeah. it's objective c or swift and almost nothing else Oh, uses man. those languages. That's like when people didn't want to like make games for the Wii U because it was so much different than everything else. <laughs> exactly. So Trick Shot, because this game was cool. Yes. Um, it is, like I said, it's like a combination of like Quake, Tony Hawk, Jet Set Radio. That's that's what they how they describe it. Um, so you just put in like this giant skate park and you've got like rocket launchers and stuff that you pick up, kind of like qu classic Unreal Tournament and Quake games. And you're doing tricks and grinding and throwing yourself up in the air and doing all the it kind of reminds me of when they put hoverboards into Fortnite and people are doing like these 360 McFlips yeah. over the over the mountain and doing like a one-shot headshot on a guy and getting the clip um Tom wrote me a, a, a note while you we were talking that he wanted us to talk about Genshin Impact oh yeah we we are heavily limited on how much we can talk about Genshin Impact by the, I like yeah I have I have pictures that I took oh, that oh, I, yeah, I, I, I can't do like, yeah, yeah so from, from our demo point yeah. um 
we can, but like I don't remember what I've texted you or other. So like anything seen at the show, one hundred percent you can talk about. But if I've texted okay. you like one-off information about the game oh, or like haven't. closed beta you stuff, or like you are you are NDA'd. You have not said a single thing. Okay, beautiful. Just wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, but um, Go for so it. this game famously got absolutely railed on social media when it first got announced because it has well because it's a chinese developer i believe pretty sure me it's i forget the name of it they might be they weren't they weren't able to actually get to the show because of chinese developer don't quote me on it but don't quote me on it don't hold it against me um but because like the stereotype like oh chinese games or whatever they just Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna put goku and tony hawk and smash brothers and like that's like a cool mobile game in china um, a lot of people railed on this game because it looked like they had just ripped everything out of Breath of the Wild and just threw like some anime girls in there and was yep. like, "Hey, here's our game, guys!" But it it actually when when we got to play it, it was a lot of fun. It looked great. Frame rate kind of, eh, but I mean that's a demo build. It happens. It's well, it's super early. They're yeah. going into their they're going into like their second closed beta i think maybe it might even be a closed alpha i forget so like it's it's pretty early but no it it was fun it was great i think i think it's gonna be really good like i said it kind of got railed for looking a lot like breath of the wild but oh mihoyo ko yeah shanghai there you go you looked up boom i was right producer i was right (laughs) chalk chalk went up for ross being right yeah yeah that's everything with that i mean yeah that um, game was fun the only one i would the only other game i would say that was and there was I'm writing a lot of previews, so there's plenty of games of note. Yeah. You know, stay stay on the games of website I'm still writing two weeks later. <laughs> but um another one that really hit me was Depths of Sanity. It's a Metroidvania game where you uh pilot a uh, submarine and everything's done underwater and you're basically going um cats upstairs just crushing everything. Um you've got your submarine and your going down into the depths of the ocean following a distress signal mm-hmm. and they play a lot with the water physics and how you move and then it's your traditional metroidvania game you have different weapons and there's bosses and stuff and it was really fun and it's made by like five or six guys that are all friends from where we grew like our area oh. and then like two of them stayed local and three of them moved and they're all still working on this game on the side together so and half it, of them were smart half of them weren't. exactly <laughs> and uh it's but it was a super good game i liked it a lot so um that was that was it but like you mentioned there's one other game I want to talk about. Oh, you got one more. Yeah, one more. I know literally nothing about this game, oh, but geez. I saw it and I was like, oh, this is cool. Magic Legends. I I, I walked by that nothing th- about it. 30 times. It, yeah, I walked by it 30 <laughs> times. It was on one of the giant monitors that just overtowers like the whole exhibition center. And like I would look up and be like, that game looks really cool. I'm not going to go over there. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look at it when it comes out. But no, I, I like I said, I know literally nothing about it. It just looks cool and it's magic. So, I mean... You kind of have a name that you have to not disappoint, so I'm I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah, they usually turn up and, and do good things, and um, yeah, and we we, going we somewhere we yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, there's so many games that I'm thinking of, like Swim Sanity was super. That game was silly You're fun. All about the little people, I love the small studio. They the they people. play like the they make the most fun games, and um, you know, there were some bigger studios too that I, I played uh, some games like um, Industries of Titan, which I thought was awesome. I played. Um, this other game, Phantom Brigade, which was really cool if you're in mix. So there's a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Um, U.S. Army esports team was there. Didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, so, thing. So it was a cool show. But where I was going with this is there were plenty of other people that were supposed to be at PAX who didn't show up. And this rolls very 
directly into our main topic to discuss today, which is E3's cancellation. But Sony pulled out, mm-hmm. and this was back February, yeah, was early, late February. Early February. Yeah, so early February they pulled out mid-ish, and then the conference itself was late February. So two, three weeks ago, um, Sony pulled out. CD Projekt Red, I think, was coming. Um, the guys from Genshin Impact, some of them weren't able to come because they are in Shanghai. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had, well, it's... Some of the people from Square Enix pulled out. Yep, um, Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I mean Corsair had to buy up, bought up Sony's booth. You know, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was wild. It was just, and more and more people were pulling out closer to the show, and there was a lot of outrage um, from people on my social media about like it's not even worth going. Um, but I think, and here we are, topic of the show. Topic of the show. It, it was prudent, um, and now we're seeing it. And E three was recently canceled, and people had a lot of the same feelings about this. I think initially that they had with the small pullouts from PAX, mm-hmm. which is like, how can you cancel this and, and whatnot? So I guess let, let's let have that conversation that'll probably anger some people, depending on where on the fence they are with with, with COVID and coronavirus. I this is going to anger. Like, nobody's actually angry. All right, so, like, I think the stuff about people pulling out of PAX, I, I know what you're thinking, and I'm not going to say it, but... um. I think the people pulling out of PAX, we didn't really know what this was going to evolve into at this point. So we were just like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? It's like, a, you know, not a lot of people. It's just China, man. It's, you, yeah. you know, China. They always they always get these things. They get the SARS and they get all that other stuff. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, why why aren't you? Why don't you just go? Who cares? Wash your hands. You know, and now we're kind of at this point where, like, countries are shut down. Sports leagues shut down. Like, <laughs> now it's kind of like, okay, I get it, you know. I probably wouldn't if I was one of these people that were supposed to go to E3, I probably wouldn't want to go. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I like 2 days before there were grumblings of the cancellation coming for E3, I got my email, "Hey, send in your media information so yeah. we can get you badges." And um my response was, "Yeah, California has some <laughs> cases." Like the way they were handling packs, I mean, they were super clean at packs. Everything yeah. was, they were on top of everything. I was like, the way they were handling it there, um, I was already starting to kind of get that feeling. So I get what you're saying. I, I think people being upset around packs was more about a lack of understanding. And now people mad around E3 are the same people. And look, I get it. Formula One got canceled. I was so excited <laughs> for the Australian Grand Prix this weekend. They, they, canceled it right before the free practice one like that's like moments before kickoff basically they canceled right? the nba like mid not mid game but like right as it's about to start exactly i mean one of the guys found out on like a twitch stream he was playing games yeah, one yeah, of the nba know, players Booker. yeah, yeah. He, was, he was playing with nate shot and they're they're in the middle of a Warzone game and it's <laughs> funny because um I, I was actually watching that at that point because i was i was just doing whatever and nate shot's like Hey, uh, hey, Devin. Looks like you're, uh, looks like you're free this, you know, the next couple months. He's like, yeah, man, that'd be wild if they shut down the NBA. And he shots like, no, they, they actually suspended. Oh wow! It. Like I'm reading it right here, and he's re- reading off the Woj tweet. And it's funny because Devin Booker is an investor in Hundred Thieves. Which okay. Shots. So Nate shots like, yeah, dude, come on down to the Hundred Thieves complex, man. We'll just play Warzone for the next <laughs> month. Yes, yeah, stay, stay safe and. Like you said, I think it's I think it's a prudent thing. Everything's canceling on purpose. You've seen it spread across Europe. Um, it's on its way here. I know, fo- like I said, Gamezo's on its way. Yeah, I mean, Gamezo's multinational, right? We have U.S. people, we have people in Europe, and a lot of the people in Europe have been 
you know, hey, look at this map. It's yeah. one, it's one, it's one neighborhood over from where I live, and, yeah. and that type of stuff. And you know, everybody's trying to stay safe. And I think it's important. And I don't want to become too big of a data guy, right? But there's some interesting data around this to explain to people why social distancing and canceling these events is, is real. So the N naught, which is um, basically a measure that healthcare professionals use to determine how contagious something is yep. uh, for COVID-19 or coronavirus is about a 2.2 to a three flu is about a 1.2. Okay. So to give you an understanding of what that means is the end naught is if you are infected, how many people are you plan to infect? So if you take that to uh, an end naught 1.2 for the flu and you say 15 people deep, right? 15 people removed from you. You're only, your infection is only going to infect about 15 point some odd people, right? With coronavirus, you infecting three people and then that exponentially multiplying out is 180,000 to 14 million people by the time it gets to the end. Huh. And then, that's a lot of people. yeah, that's a ton of people, right? And then the difference in fatality is a 0. 0.02 versus a 2, right? So let's say worst case scenario and not of three, 14 2%. million people, 2%. I mean, we're not talking inconsequential numbers of people. So that's why we don't want to have E3 with thousands of people together. That's why you don't want a PAX with 100,000 people together, right? So that's just a, hey, if we just look, and you can put the numbers into your phone, go 2.2 to the 15th power, and you can see what that comes out to. You can do 3 to the 15th power and see what that comes out to. Basically, a lot of people are just going to get sick. Exactly. you don't gotta. You don't have to have like advanced stats and sabermetrics and all this stuff. It's just people can get sick. Don't yeah. don't get people sick. Stay indoors. Wash your hands. It's you'd not be, hard. You'd be surprised who needs this. Who needs the stats? But the I think the more interesting side of this, right, which is what you said, stay indoors, wash your hands, is also. And we're not medical professionals, but I kind of am. Well, you are. Yeah, that's <laughs> a fair point. But there's this whole softening of the curve or, or or flattening the curve that people I don't feel. Are we really going to go into like medical coronavirus? We're, we're going to go, we're going to, to, to back our general conversation around yeah. it. I think it's important to just lay some basic facts, but the reason for this is an influx of sick people means a weight on the healthcare system, right? A slower trickle of sick people means it's more likely you're going to be treated. Again, this is why we're social distancing. So if we take all this information, people are going to get sick. Yeah. The healthcare system's going to be yeah, tasked with handling it. So you need to limit that right and that's that's why everything everything's being canceled and all that comes down to is e3 is not as much as we like to think of it it's not necessary it's not it's not and that's where i really wanted to go with this topic right there's this whole big like hey stop complaining there's a real medical reason for doing this right which is kind of like the that whole first psa portion of it we're we're done with the math and the science yeah (laughs) um yeah thank god and we're on to the do we need e3 yes we do okay so here's what i'm gonna say about this so E3 in itself, yes, it's always good to have, but what I meant that it's not we don't need it. I mean like the physical event as it stands right now, we don't it's not necessary. Like PS5 isn't gonna get delayed because they couldn't talk about it at E3. Right. Or so and so game isn't getting delayed because they can't go to E3 with it. Nintendo's been doing this for like five five, six years at this point with their Nintendo Direct and mm-hmm. Nintendo Treehouse and all that stuff. So all of these companies are already like EA, Ubisoft, Square. Like they're they're already working on their own digital event. Whether or not they all collaborate and do it all 
within the same weekend still. That's up for debate whether or not they're just going to kind of go rogue and do their own thing. They might. Who knows? But, I mean, E3's been kind of like a staple for 20-plus years. It's it's kind of irresponsible to just be like, ah, we don't really need this anymore. Yeah, and so where I was coming from it, though, was if you're a corporation like a Nintendo, a Sony, yeah. and Ubisoft, and you, this year, you're likely going to do something digital if you already hadn't planned on doing it. The fact is, you see the same returns that you normally get from attending E3. Why aren't you doing your Nintendo Direct, right? Yeah. What what does E3 give to you? Now, I will quickly counter-argue and say what E3 is important for are the smaller developers. It's the people who, by chance encounter, might find a publisher for their game. It's the uh, the people who might get an elevator pitch. It's the It's those smaller people that might work their way into Sony's showcase of indie games, right? I think those people get affected more, but those big main corporations, like you said, Sony can come on mine, Sony.com, whatever, be like, look at our PS5. It's awesome. Buy it now at this link. And then it's, you know, that's it. Like why? I like E3. I've always watched E3, but what does the E3 brand do after this year? For these people if they find out that they can do the same thing by themselves i mean knowing i think these types of people are just going to be stubborn and just go back to how it was next year yeah you, but i i think um will you stop playing with the dials our producers up here just playing with dials fidgeting with dials right now but i i think i think next year it'll just go back to the normal because people like the familiarity of e3 it's this you know five three-day event or whatever and you know i'm gonna see what the microsoft guy shows and i'm gonna see what the playstation guy shows off and nintendo's gonna do their wacky little video and you know it's just it's that familiar sense of okay this is e3 now what i wanted to talk about is if by some some strange reason these companies all of a sudden decide you know what we don't need to be there we're not gonna do anything this i mean this event can rot I don't care. We're going to save a whole bunch of money. E3, to my knowledge, has only been open to the public since like 2017. Mm, like it's, it's been pretty it's, recent. It's always been like a, this is not for the fans. Screw you guys. Watch online. Have yeah. fun. We were just at PAX. What is PAX? It is E3, but for fans, fans. essentially. I forget the exact price, but I remember in 2017 when they had like the public tickets, those things were like 150 bucks or something like incredibly unreasonable. There, I when I went to fill out my media stuff for E3, the weekend pass for an for like a standard person was disgusting. Yeah. I, I forget it was it was very expensive. And people paid it though. Yeah. So I think I think if E3 pivots to sort of like this pack centric, like oh we're gonna you know this is for the fans. And then we're going to have all these, you know, cosplayers and fans and wannabe game journalists and all you <laughs> and, and just all these people. Then the companies are just going to come back. They're going to be like, oh, you know, all these people are here. All this, you know, walking traffic is already here. All these people that are interested in our product. I mean, why don't it starts with why don't we just have a small little booth and, you know, cut our money a little bit. You know, instead of having this big giant LED screen with the game that's coming out, let's just do like, you know, a small booth, have a couple people. Hey. PlayStation 5, we're here. It's coming out. Make sure you buy it. It's not going to be a lot of money. We promise, guys. <laughs> you know, and then two years down the road, it 
turns into wow or you know a lot of people are interested in this event you know let's let's step it up and it's that's kind of how e3 grew to what it is now and you need it yeah and they and to your point they have their brand yeah. like there's the e3 brand and i th- think that's what's going to be interesting to me is you know i'm being i guess like a, a doomsayer and being like <laughs> all these other companies will be able to go to you know i don't know if they can but if they can it's going to be interesting right there's people that you know, I'll, I'll use my brother for an example. Yeah. He can go and find PlayStation Stream and Xbox Stream, whatever, but he's more likely to go to E3's website yeah. and be like, "All right, Sony's on at this time at this link." Yeah, you know, Xbox on this time at this link. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think, like you said, that cohesion, that timetable that they're all sharing, does benefit those brands to some extent, and it benefits us as fans too because you know they want to outdo each other, yeah. so we get more and more cool stuff i mean think of it this way we've been trying to kill physical releases for like 15 years now we've been trying to be like oh digital is the way we're so close like we still have people walking into their game store buying the physical version of this game you know like people are kind of set in their ways they're just gonna stick to what they know yeah and i I think you nailed it there's always going to be the people like i'm all digital now but there's always going to be the people that want their physical copy right yeah and um there was to your point there was a guy five plus years ago that I we worked in gaming retail that said it doesn't matter he was mad he said it doesn't matter you're not gonna have a job in five years anyway because no one's gonna buy physical games and people are still pre-ordering collector's editions so yeah. <laughs> you know what are you gonna do but yeah i think it's a really interesting situation what's gonna be really interesting like we talked about at the beginning is this is a big cancellation. You said it in our text back and forth. E3 being canceled is like saying the Super Bowl's canceled. So yeah. we have to talk about it. But Insomnia is canceled. GDC was canceled. Like all the uh, Twitch. They're not all going away. Yeah, TwitchCon Amsterdam was canceled. Oh, TwitchCon Amsterdam. Okay. What a trip. Yeah, they're, they're all, you know, gone or postponed. So to your point, they haven't gone away. So why should we think E3 will? But, you know, it is a possibility. So... That's that's coronavirus for you. We we gave you some stats. We gave you some opinions. All right. So you you said something that I I, I can't get off this thought of TwitchCon Amsterdam and all these <laughs> no. people doing like their IRL streams with like their their selfie sticks and like their their camera guys with the the cell phone with like the the bipod or whatever in like yeah. in his hand. The gyroscopic. Just, yeah, the gyroscopic thing. And they're just walking through the park and there's people doing all these illicit drugs and stuff like <laughs> that. And it's like, welcome to my IRL stream, guys. We're in Amsterdam. Is that against TOS? It probably is. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, well, it's canceled. We don't have to worry okay, about that now. Go. So <laughs> this is the part of the show where we go into esports news. So if you just care about bantering and normal gaming news. Well, before we do that, oh, I, have, you I, have I have one surprise topic. Oh, a surprise topic. <gasps> we, we talked about it a little bit just now with the GameStop Corporation. Okay. Hit me with it. So for some backstory, in 2015, GameStop stock was up to $45 a share. It is now down to four dollars and fifty cents a share. Don't buy. Don't buy. Do not. Do not. Okay, we're we're giving advice now on the show. <laughs> um, so what do they do? They hire the man responsible for the big New Yorker pizza and mm-hmm. the Bigfoot pizza at Pizza Hut, Reggie Fizeme. Reggie is now on the board of directors at GameStop, along with a CEO from Walmart. Well, not like a CEO, but someone who was on the board of directors for Walmart and the current CEO of, get this, PetSmart. PetSmart. Damn. We, <laughs> we're doing gaming for dogs. So 
the reason and obviously i'm not a stockbroker don't follow my advice the reason i'm saying don't <laughs> buy on gamestop because i was ready <laughs> I, was, I had it i had the buy order getting a oh. couple hundred shares oh jeez. i mean ps5 x the, the new x1 whatever it's coming out that that's not going to be 450 a share i mean it it might be five dollars it will yeah they're making moves they're consolidating they're trying to do things to turn the business around I would wait and see. Like it's, it, <laughs> it is very like I don't know. But. It's very. Early. I do risk for a living. Yeah. It is very early in this turnaround. Um, I think they're good moves. Um, we have a soft spot, probably. I would say as well as well as a hard spot for <laughs> for uh, for GameStop in, in our hearts. Um, yeah, I mean. So get this. He says. Oh jeez, he's got he's in, got quotes in, it, in his quote, Reggie. Based right, the Reginator said, quote, unquote, the gaming industry needs a healthy and vibrant GameStop. Back to the E3 conversation. <laughs> there, there's a brand. There's a familiarity. Look, if I need to go get a physical game for someone for a holiday, I yeah. go to my GameStop. I oh, I go to Target. Oh, well, I, just, I don't. I have, to, I have to talk to somebody and have them take it out of a case. I can just walk up and hand a case. Excuse me, at GameStop. Um, yeah, but the target guy doesn't ask me what I'm pre-ordering or if I want a credit card or if I want a rewards card or if I buy any games to trade in or if I want the protection plan on it. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, but I can turn it off from <laughs> having to ask those questions for so many years. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Again, I think it's really interesting the way they're going. I'm sure you've seen they've looked at doing like, oh, we're going to do some sports. Or, uh, some stores are eSports centric. Some stores are retro centric. We're going to make stores experiences and not experience. gaming centers. I don't know, man. We'll see. I All I know is I walk into a GameStop nowadays and I see a giant wall of Funko Pop figures. Well, because it's the most profitable portion of their business currently, fat and pre-owned <laughs> games. I mean, you know it. Yeah. PDP control, 50% markup, given in-depth insider information from P&L reports that are five years old. But, you know, nice. um, yeah, I, it's interesting. If they can find a way to make it... the biggest thing they're fighting against in my opinion is the meme that has gamestop has become yeah so it is become a meme unfortunately so we'll see where that goes but interesting interesting so now that we're through all the good stuff yep. if you're here for the esports news people stick around we're getting to it if you're not here for the esports news don't stick around you should stick around but you, you should because we're gonna we're gonna have some fun stuff at the end about what we're excited for and some information about how to keep up with us so and spoiler this section is going to be very short. It is because everything is canceled. The first topic here is esports move from the land to the land. So, um, the nice thing about esports, I guess, would be that in this market, they don't have to go away completely. No. They just move from in-person events to online-only events, and we're actually seeing this with some physical sports. For instance, a lot NASCAR, Formula One actually have gone and done online sim racing. Races with professional drivers this weekend, not necessarily associated with those leagues, but in lieu of, and they're pulling big numbers of people who yeah. want that stuff. So, you know, I know some people would call it like not pure, right? Call of Duty on win is is bullshit. Um, again, pardon the language, but you know, the opinion there has always been with shooters and other games, try that on land because there's no lag, there's yeah. no there's no buffering, there's none of this technical yeah. mumbo jumbo that has to make an even playing field. Um, but that's where you know they're moving, Call of Duty League and, and other places. So um, 
that's that news. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty so straightforward. At the, the first thing I remember hearing is that obviously the leagues in China, a lot of them are kind of like mobile game leagues or whatever that they play on land. So those have been moved. Um, God, I can't remember the names of some of these games, like Honor of Kings or whatever is like yeah. the highest grossing mobile game or something like that. Um, how this whole virus like affected China is kind of funny. Well, not funny. That's kind of the wrong word, but like interesting interesting how i was reading articles about how like we not we fit the um, the event uh, the, the sports game where you have the ring fit adventure yeah yeah ring fit adventure is getting sold at like a 300 percent markup or whatever on like the black market oh geez and it's just people are it's, it's basically people are stocking up on it like it's toilet paper and trying to sell it for <laughs> a profit and it's, it's kind of weird but um yeah a lot of those leagues are getting moved to online um I am Katowice. I love saying Katowice. Um, the the Counter Strike mm-hmm. major. It was played. The last half of it was played without an audience. Yep. Which was kind of weird. And everyone made jokes that the Counter Strike was dead because there's no one in the arena. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that was kind of the first one that I saw. Didn't have like an audience. Everything else kind of got put online. I know League of Legends, all their national leagues, because. Each of them have each like country has their own national league. Like you have the LCS and LEC and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All of those are getting moved to online. I don't, I don't know the details of when they got moved, but every, everything's everything's pretty much online. Um, Rocket League, online. I'm trying to think of other stuff that's land. Auto chess. No, that's <laughs> always online. Go to Underlords. There, there, there is not online. a there is not a land budget for any of that stuff. Um. Yeah, no. So that's like I said, everything's pretty much canceled. Every every event canceled. Um, I know the Rainbow Six has a major in Brazil in May, probably getting canceled. Yeah, that's right on the cusp of where people are kind of waiting. Yeah, everyone's kind of because I know the N- the NBA said they're going to do a thirty day evaluation at the end of it and see if it's safe whether or not to start back up or if they're going to sim everything to the two K league. That's not actually happening, but. It'd be funny. It'd be interesting. 2K League is low-key a very funny but interesting esport to watch because it's sort of like – it's like semi-grassroots but also trying really hard to be esports. So oh, okay. it's like the like the Orlando Magic's team with like Skull Killer 187XXX on the point forward – on the power forward <laughs> position. And it's, it's, it's just funny to watch. But yeah, all that stuff is – because I know 2K League is usually on LAN as well. So that's probably getting moved online. online. But, I mean, that's like I said, everything online. Go yeah, online. That, that's my, my whole note was esports move from LAN to WAN. Yeah. That, was, that was it. That's that's all of them. Um, an interesting one, and I actually didn't know a lot about this until David from GameZo wrote about it. Um, but there was a le- legacy <laughs> aim assist in Fortnite. But apparently if you played controller yep. on PC, you could basically spam track people. And they're removing it. And people are mad. Yep. So, have you ever seen this in action? I have not. Because it is, it is actually hilarious to watch. So, I I don't play Fortnite, so I don't know the exact, like, setting for it or whatever. But there's a way to change your, like, controller aim assist or whatever. So, every time you ADS on someone, it hard locks on them. And if you do it fast enough, it tracks, like, perfectly as they're moving. <laughs> so, it's called, like, L2 spam or whatever. So, people just keep hitting ADS over and over again and it just it tracks perfectly literally an aimbot and awesome quite on like it just needs to go Beautiful. i don't play the game 
I hate to say I don't care about your game because that's mean, but like, bro, just get get the aimbot out of there. Yeah, and it was funny too because when I was reading the story and looking up on it, um, you know, like I said, there were some people mad about this, and apparently there's I wonder a, why. Yeah, and apparently there's a contingency or a group of pro PC players who play on pad, and yeah. and they don't, but they don't use it, and it's like so why? The only people really mad about this are the people who are exploiting it, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it's like, hey, you're basically yeah. just getting loud about cheating. Just yeah. hilarious. Ever since crossplay started coming at being like sort of like a default for a lot of these games, it's becoming like a really big issue. Um, Apex Legends specifically, a lot of people were playing on console. I mean, not on console, on controller. Even if you were playing on PC, because the aim assist was so good, and the muzzle flash of the guns was so bad and so blinding that in most gunfights you couldn't see people. So you couldn't you couldn't track correctly mm-hmm. if you use the mouse and keyboard, but obviously a controller can't see anything. So you just hit hit your ADS and it's you know your aim assist is just locking on a dude regardless of whether or not you can see him. So controller was kind of busted for a while, and that kind of got fixed a little bit when muzzle flash got patched very recently, I think in Apex. But as, as someone who plays mouse and keyboard FPS games, I am all for it. get get it out of get it out completely. Get rid of aim assist completely. Let's see how good that $300 scuff controller works for you, little Jimmy. Come on. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. Get on the sticks, as the kids say. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. Um, and then the, the last note, I don't know if it's necessarily eSports, but they're really pushing it oh, hard. it is eSports. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is the future of eSports. <laughs> so we got, we got Riot Games, FPS. Valorant. Valorant. Project Valorant. A. Project Valorant. A. Valorant. So um, I didn't look a ton into this. Uh, it looks like CSGO Hero Shooter. G- g- give me your feedback. Hit me with it. Okay, so... That's pretty close. Um, we so far we have like one gameplay video and like one hero introduction video or something like that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of Counter Strike mechanics, and I think the main selling point of the game right now is that Riot kind of came in saying, "We know we have we know the FPS genre has all these issues with like low tick rate servers, uh, peakers advantage." Um, just a bunch of like random quality, not random, but like quality of life problems that are just very pervasive in the genre. And they say, we're going to listen to you. We're going to get rid of these. And that's enough to get a lot of people on board. Um, the game itself. Yeah. It, it plays a lot like counter-strike. The gun plays a lot like counter-strike one shot headshots, which isn't in counter-strike, but, um, thank you. Rainbow six siege. (laughs) Um, yeah. So then the thing about the hero abilities is that from what we've seen so far they kind of replace what is like normal utility like flash grenades and molotovs and stuff like that but obviously we don't really know a whole lot um the one of the characters that they showed off he kind of he puts up like a wall of fire or whatever and he has like a little frag grenade that he can curve around i believe i believe like control wise like you can throw your skills out and curve it around like angles and stuff like that so you're not forced to it kind of removes the skill cap of having to know how to throw certain grenades. So, like, in Counter-Strike, if you want to play competitively, you have to know, like, how to throw smokes to smoke off certain areas. Mm -hmm. So if you watch, like, pro Counter-Strike, people will throw, like, a smoke grenade, like, over a specific pixel on this roof, and then it's going to hit, like, a lamp post, and it's going to ricochet perfectly in the middle of this one alley that I'm supposed to not look at and smoke it off. And that's just part of, like, the learning curve of the game. So I think... Maybe they're trying to eliminate that, or maybe they're just trying to add some new wonky features that we need to get better at. But Valorant as a whole, 
we don't really know a whole lot, but everyone is all in. Yeah, that's every tier two player, every tier two team, caster, talent, content producer. Everyone is just looking at it like this is my chance. Yeah, it's 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 something new. It's poised to uh, take hold and, and really take over if it's done right. And I think what you said is key. It's not the like current pro players that are already you know Rainbow Six guys you or CS:GO guys. It, you never if know. The money's there. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's those people that are like on that cusp and they're like, oh man, if I'm just the guy day one on this new thing. Yeah. So and that's gonna be you. I got it. <laughs> I, 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 you heard it here first, Roscoe and Pro it's Valorant. Gonna it's gonna be you. So, um, that's that's the that, them's the news. Um, so I guess we got a week between this one and the next one. What are you uh, What are you working on? What are you playing in the next week? Just gonna be doing nothing but Warzone, most likely. Tom, hope you're in. Yep, thumbs up. Dan, hope you're in. I'll be there. Are you sure? I'm I'm quarantined right, from work for like a month. All right, we're warzoning. <laughs> we're warzoning. No, but I mean, we got this. And then obviously, March 20th, we got the Animal Crossing. Then the, I'm leaving the war zone and going to a, a remote remote island and forgetting all my problems. <laughs> Beautiful. Except the mortgage payment. <laughs> That's my only problem. <laughs> and it's your biggest problem. It's like real life. Um, yeah, I'm just playing more Underling. Um, I've got a few games to review, so I'm kind of... I'm tied into having to play those, and I'm, I'm going to be playing some. Not to be fair, I requested the keys. These yep. are games I want to play, mm-hmm. um, but you know I got to get through them. And then I've got um, I got I got some Warzone, and then Divinity Two with Tom. It's, it's coming back. He's happy. We're going Divinity Two. So hey, that's uh, that that's the show. Thanks everyone for coming along on the It's All Funny Games podcast. We'll be back next week with uh, more news and opinions. Maybe hopefully, news. hopefully more news. news. Definitely more opinions. More um, stuff's canceled. In the meantime, you can follow us at Gamezo, um, Gamezo.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter, Gamezo.g, uh, Gamezo.gg, no dot. Um, you can catch me personally on Twitter, Twitch everywhere. I'm at BitwiseDan, B-I-T-W-1-S-E-D-A-N. <laughs> You're making that really hard for me. I, I know. The the second I is a one. Um, or you can just follow me on the on the. <laughs> you can go to the Gamezo webpage if you click on my profile. All my links are there. Ross, do you want to plug yeah, any socials? Got- I just my personal Twitter is uh, at rain r six s for Rainbow Six Siege, and beautiful and, that's, and then he'll be on my Twitch and yeah. these podcasts and every, see you Friday. Everything's good to go. All right, play the outro music, Tom. We have no. Uh,